James chapter 1, verses 22 to 27, and James chapter 2, 14 through 26. You must be doers of the word, and not only hearers who misled themselves. Those who hear but don't do the word like are those who look away, look at their faces in the mirror. They look at themselves, walk away, and immediately forget what they were like. But there are those who study the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continue to do it. They don't listen and then forget, but they put it into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. If those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. Their devotion is worthless. True devotion, the kind that is pure and faultless before God the Father, is this, to care for orphans and widows in their difficulties and to keep the world from contaminating us. My brothers and sisters, what good is it if people say they have faith but do nothing to show it? Claiming to have faith can't save anyone, can it? Imagine a brother or sister who is naked and never has enough food to eat. What if, one, if you said, go in peace, stay warm, have a nice meal. What good is it if you don't actually give them what their body needs? In the same way, faith is dead when it doesn't result in faithful activity. Someone might claim, you have faith and I have action, but how can I see your faith apart from your actions? Instead, I'll show you my faith by putting it into practice in faithful action. It's good that you believe that God is one. Ha! Even the demons believe this, and they tremble with fear. Are you, are you so slow? Do you need to be shown that faith without action has no value at all? What about Abraham, our father? Wasn't he shown to be righteous throughout his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? See, his faith was at work, walking with his actions. In fact, his faith was made complete by his faithful actions. So the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and God regarded him as righteous. What is more, Abraham was called God's friend. So you see that a person is shown to be righteous through faithful actions and not through faith, faith alone. In the same way, wasn't Rehab the prostitute shown to be righteous when she received the messengers as her guests and then sent them 
on by another road as the lifeness lifelessness body is dead so faith without actions is dead here ends the reading of the scriptures for today the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god it's a joy for me to uh, introduce uh, my wife again sherry has shared the scripture with us uh, shared the word with us in the past and uh, i'm glad to uh, welcome her to the pulpit here today to share with us and to pray god's blessings upon her as she shares so here's my wife sherry uh, serving as our preacher for this service good morning these past eight months our country has tried to cope with covid 19 and all of its ramifications we have all become dependent in ways we don't even understand on our essential workers. Whether we are talking about our medical teams, our first responders, or those blessed grocery workers and suppliers that bring us our food, we have discovered just how much we need our essential workers. And let's not forget our teachers who are often criticized for not doing enough, or our truckers and our delivery drivers who we often chew out when we're driving next to them because they get in our way somehow. But one thing is true. We, right now, need them to do their jobs. Just so we can continue to live reasonably well and comfortably in the midst of this pandemic. So how does one define an essential worker? The dictionary defines essential as absolutely necessary and extremely important. The Department of Homeland Security defines essential workers as those who conduct a range of operations and services that are typically essential to continue critical infrastructure operations. Now, for those of you that have difficulty with that definition because it's kind of vague, um, this is how I taught it in my government classes when I was teaching. When you need the police or you need the fire department, they respond efficiently and in a timely manner. That's what it means to depend on essential workers. Now, what do these uh, essential workers all have in common? Number one, they're willing to do their job. Number two, they care and they nurture, dependent upon their realm of uh, service. Probably one of the things that is most essential that an essential worker does is they, are they have the ability to flex and adapt to any situation. But most important to us, we trust them to be there when we need them doing the best job they can do because when we need them, we need them. Now I have a question for you. Did you know that as a believer you are one of God's essential workers? Most of the time we don't even think about the fact that God has left us here on this earth because He has chosen us to do an essential job for him. 
In fact, God has opted for every one of his believers to become a disciple, a person who emulates God fully. Now, not to put pressure on you, but that's your goal. You are to be the living, walking image of God, minute by minute, every day. This is how God chose to build and strengthen His church universal. In other words, you are God's essential worker. With this in mind, I want us to read Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 22, to see how God speaks about the average member of the average church. So let me read that for you. Write this to the angel of the church in Laodicea. There are words of Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. After all, you say, I'm rich and I've grown wealthy. I don't need anything. You don't realize that you are miserable, pathetic, poor, blind, and naked. My advice is that you buy gold from me that has been purified by fire so that you may be rich and white clothing to wear so that your nakedness won't be shamefully exposed and ointment to put on your eyes so that you may see. I correct and discipline those whom I love. So be earnest and change your hearts and lives. Look, I'm standing at the door and I am knocking. If any hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to be with them and will have dinner with them and they will have dinner with me. As for those who emerge victorious, I will allow them to sit with me on my throne just as I emerged victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. If you can hear and listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So according to the study notes from the Common English Bible, uh, the United Methodist's newest translation, Jesus issues a call for repentance from the Laodicean church and its members because he has knowledge of the Laodiceans' church's works. Laodicea was considered one of the wealthiest cities in the ancient world, yet this church and its members were being asked to repent. Why? Well, let me tick them off. The visible works of the church were neither hot or cold. Its members were asked to repent because they were lukewarm. They were indifferent to the needs of the people in their world. These lackluster works, these lukewarm indifferences to the needs of the people around them caused Jesus to say that he was about to spit them out of his mouth. Jesus continues his charges calling out the facts that the members of this church, in spite of their wealth, were pathetic, poor, 
blind, and naked. His advice to this church? Allow Jesus to purify and refine each person of this church so that each can do the work of Christ as they are supposed to do, individually and collectively. In other words, he's asking the members of this church to accept his discipline to make each member be his essential worker, leading people of his creation to Christ the Savior. But to be these essential workers, each person has to allow Christ to more fully come into his home, his heart, so that each one of us, we, the believers, can be purified, enabling each person's works to better reflect Christ. As James said in James 1, 22-27, you must be doers of the word, not just hearers who mislead themselves as to their importance, like the Laodiceans. Essential workers, according to James, must put into practice God's law and continue to put into practice what God taught over time. Truly being devoted to God the Father is to care for the orphans and widows in their difficulties and to keep the world from contaminating the church. James continues in chapter 2 reminding believers that claiming to be a person of faith but not showing it via the works you do does not save anyone. Faith, as James says, is shown through actions. In fact, it is made complete through actions. Put simply, essential workers or disciples of Christ prove they belong to God because their actions match the message of God. So as we move into this Advent season, as COVID-19 continues to rage and disrupt our typical way of doing church, I ask you this. What is Christ redirecting you as an individual to do to show that you are a faithful believer and disciple of Christ, an essential worker for the kingdom of God? Amen. God forgave my sin in Jesus' name. I've been born again in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I come to you to share his love as he told me to. He said freely, freely, you have received, freely, freely give. Go in my name and because you believe, others will know that I live.
let's go forward, let's go outward, let's be essential workers of the kingdom, which we certainly are, because God is depending upon us, our witness, our life of love and care for others, for his work to be done. Let's go forth to build his kingdom, to his glory, and to the joy, hope, and peace of all. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, power is given in Jesus' name, in earth and heaven, in Jesus' name, and in Jesus' name I come to you to share his power as he told me to. Others will know.